shoes and a handbag that Mummy wore reluctantly. Fiona and I were appalled. Dry, the python's skin felt scaly and rough, and the markings looked ugly and snaky. We implored our mother to give them away. One day, when I was very little, we were out walking, my sister, my mother, Aya and me. I think I was about three years old, and my sandaled feet stood on the head of a small, surprised snake that curled itself round my leg. Panic gave voice to shrieks and shouts from Mummy, Aya and Fiona, filled with alarm and concern, for the snake, although small, was the exceedingly poisonous one called a krite. It didn't bite me, but the reaction of my three loved and trusted companions filled me with proper fear. I was unable for days to be put on the floor. I had to be carried, rigid everywhere. I couldn't trust my feet to be on the ground. Snakes, I don't like them. I fear them. I don't like the way they move, how they seek out dark corners. I don't like their eyes, the fact that they don't blink. I don't like their tongues. I don't like snakes at all. Even a picture of a snake in a book makes me shudder. Each morning, we would get out of bed, bang our shoes together, and blinking hard to get used to the brightness of the light, we would run through the red canna lilies to the swing that hung from the lime tree. We'd visit the bees and the hen house and laugh as the cockerel strutted among his wives and cockadoodled. Then we would go in with Aya to wash our faces and brush our hair before breakfast on the veranda. We always had the green and white check tablecloth and napkins on the veranda, a yellow and blue sort of tartany one when we had breakfast in the dining room. In the evening, the cloth was changed to a white one. There was always a jug of water with slices of lime in it. The water, of course, had been boiled, covered by a white lace mat that had little beads of shells hanging from it. This was to keep out the flies. We would have pineapples and plantains and sometimes stewed fruit, prunes and apricots and slices of softened dried pear shipped out from England. We usually had toast, but one morning... There was a packet of Vita wheat on the table, wheat biscuits with dimples in them. I opened the packet, and oh, horror! Lots of little creatures that looked like small silverfish scuttled out into the light. I dropped the packet. What are they? Hundreds of tiny silver poochies. I don't like it. Daddy laughed. They're weevils, Isla. Weevils seem to live in most things. Just bang on the biscuit, and they will fall off. I did, and they did, but I was still reluctant to put the biscuit in my mouth. Weevils or not, it tasted like cardboard. We were supposed to drink a glass of boiled milk, but it made me gag. Mummy felt the same about boiled milk, so she didn't force me. After breakfast, we would brush our teeth and go out and look for Sundaraj, our chokra. In England, he would have been called a valet. Sundaraj would let us jump up on his shoulders and he'd run round the garden with us. Sometimes he would bring out the box of bricks onto the veranda and build towers and bridges. Aya would join us and she would bring the dolls out and the dolls' tea set and we'd picnic on a rug under the lime tree with pretend tea and cakes. Once she found an old mirror and surrounded it with moss and leaves and flowers and it became a magical glade with a small mirror pond in the middle. We tried to make things out of papier-mâché, water and newspaper. 
Fiona managed to make shapes, and one creature she made had distinct arms. Mine nearly always remained blobs like fat sausages. We played shopkeepers and bought pretend things and put them in our pretend basket, and we'd end each encounter with, Thank you very much. Good morning. Aya was usually the shopkeeper. Aya was small, and though she wasn't fat, she was quite round and felt soft. She always wore a white sari with a white blouse under it, and they never seemed to get dirty, despite our sticky hands clutching at her. She wore a gold cross around her neck and two gold bangles on her left arm that chinked when she moved. She always wore her hair in a bun after she'd combed coconut oil into it. She smelt nice as she put me on her lap to undress me. She smelt of her coconut hair oil, of course, and curry and rice starch, which she used on her white muslin saris, and sometimes...